Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Batter up! Katie, Katie was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see. But Miss Kate said no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back, let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a brand new edition of Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. Also, since it is May 4th, may the 4th be with you. Mike Griffin, joined as always by Mark Oldopsky Halper. Actually, that's one thing we have never done. We haven't done Star Wars characters in our group chat. Man, talk, talk about a podcast. That'd be fun. Oh, that that would be fun. I think I'd have to be Chewbacca because my 10th grade social studies teacher used to call me Chewbacca. Well, considering I'm the oldest one in the group and the most handsome, you know I'm Han Solo. Yeah. I figured out who C-3PO is, though, already. (laughs) I got to hear this one. C-3PO. I could tell you who Dan is, but... I'm not going to do that right now. (laughs) All right. We'll put that on our list for our special podcast. Yeah, we're we're trying to do something really fun. But anyway, thank you for tuning in. We've got a lot to cover. We're going to do our first edition of Mount Rushmore. We took two teams, one American League, one National. We try to build our Mount Rushmore for them. We're going to talk about the Yankees and the Mets, both teams playing really well. One didn't play so well today, but we can get into that. Talk about the Reds also, because we got a lot to say there. Preview some big weekend series, but we start with the big news that dropped. I want to say this was on Friday. Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer, who has been on, I guess, pay uh, on leave, due to his ongoing court case, was suspended by Major League Baseball for two seasons for violating the ju- for ML- for violating MLB's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy after an investigation into the allegations of his sexual assault case. I'm not going to go into the gory details of that because you could look that up online. Um, this is a Bauer's already been suspended 99, I believe, but the 324 or, or the two years are on top of the 99 already. Uh, Bauer, of course, is appealing his suspension. So we'll see where that goes. Mark, your thoughts on Trevor Bauer getting suspended? It's about time. I mean, I understand that Major League Baseball, the police, and other investigators had to finish their investigation first. They granted it. I mean, granted. Trevor Bauer's case was dropped. It was 
there was a lot of problems with it. However, the fact of the acts that he did do with this woman still stand against what ML, the Ma Major League Baseball is about. I think Major League Baseball had a hard decision to make by keeping him out on paid leave. Okay. And the only loser here is not Bauer, it's the Dodgers who had to pay him all this time. So two years, well-earned. Appe he's appealing. I don't believe it's going to get overturned because if it gets overturned, you're going to have a lot of issues with other sports and other domestic abuse laws and regulations in major league sports. What I want to know is what's the evidence. That is really what I want to know. What did baseball find? I, I've been very, I've been on the NFL for this when it comes to, especially Dan Snyder and, and what's gone on in, in Washington. I'm going to keep Trevor Bauer deserves to be suspended. That, that is Without a doubt, I am not going to defend Trevor Bauer. I want to know how you come up with the length. What is there that makes it, okay, two years is enough of a suspension for Trevor Bauer, who, let's be realistic here, even if it's two years and he's good, what team is going to sign him? Well, we had talked about this exact point on SIP on Monday. You know, it's a good, it's a good fact, it's a good factor to think about. Bauer's now suspended for two years as of now. What team is going to touch him in two years? Mind you, I I believe in giving people a second chance in life. And in the NFL, they apparently like to give 20 chances, as we saw with Josh Gordon. I think a true after his suspension is up, he deserves to be reviewed by the league and based on his character and everything that goes on why he's suspended as long as he doesn't violate anything he should be allowed to attend camps or whatever to come back to baseball i don't think it'll come to that i think what's going to end up happening is dodgers are going to sue him for the money they had to pay him out now that he's suspended and he's just going to disappear i think that's all the man wants now I get your first point on the second chances. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys get second chances all the time, whether you believe in or whether you think they should or not, they do get second chances. My point is what team is going to handle a PR nightmare? That is tr this situation because let's face it. You look at Cleveland for a second and, and to switch the football for a minute. We have seen Browns fans on social media, this and that. I don't want to support Deshaun Watson with his 22 allegations. I don't want to support them. I don't want to take my kids to a game. Why would an MLB team want to take a shot on Trevor Bauer? It's a PR nightmare because you're going to defend a guy who, uh, listen, it's a totally different situation, but it's kind of when A-Rod got suspended for steroids and he was going to come back to the Yankees and everyone was like, well, why? It's a totally different subject. Domestic violence is way worse than steroid users. My point is just the PR point of view. That is what I'm looking at. I am not looking at which is worse because domestic violence is clearly worse. 
for and, people listening that that I want to make that clear. And absolutely. I think that's why the penalty is harsh as it is. And I think it's a statement maker. It's saying Major League Baseball is no longer going to tolerate whether it's allegations or any type of act that goes with domestic abuse, rape, whatever. And they're setting a precedent precedent with Trevor Bauer saying, you want to end up like him? Do what you got to do. And I'll say this. I know Bauer's appealing. I don't know if he'll get the full two years. I think they'll knock it down to, to maybe a year. Possibly. Just because I think they're going to look at the 99 games he's already missed. Excuse me. And say, well, you know, we'll give him a year. Unless the evidence is overwhelming. Right. And, and that is something we are yet MLB, to have yet to see. Exactly. Whatever MLB is holding or has found out that we don't know about that's attributing to the full two years, I'm sure will be made prevalent once the appeal fails. Okay. There's two other parts of this I, wa- I want to touch on. And the first part you, you brought up was the Dodgers. They still have Clayton Kershaw. They still have Walker Bueller. They still have Julio Arias. They're going to get Dustin May back, I think, at some point this year. At some point, they could have just cut ties with Trevor Bauer. And which which makes me wonder where they were on on with that. But maybe that's a whole nother process that I'm just not smart enough to understand yet. Well, what you have to look at is I'm sure in that massive contract, there was a clause that, and I'm sure his lawyers did their due diligence, that if he's at all put on leave or whatever, the Dodgers can't cut him unless they're willing to give him the full amount of that contract right then and there. So I'm sure that has something to play with it. Yeah, so, so, and I'll say this, because I don't know, I don't want to say for sure, but I, I'm about 90% positive. I think Trevor Barris pitched his last game in Major League Baseball. And that's how it should be. You know, I, I don't think another team is going to come out and sign him just because of the PR stuff. Um, and, 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 you know, backlash from fans, and there should be, because there is there is no excuse. There is no defending this kind of behavior when you read what he did to the woman who who, who initially sued you don't defend that kind of behavior no. and so i think trevor Bauer's done in major league baseball and i'll say this as a met fan dodged a major bullet by not signing that guy but we also don't know if he played in New York, would the same thing have happened? It probably would have, but not with the same woman. Let's put it that way. It would have been with someone different. Right. But, you know, uh, Trevor Barr suspended two years minimum. He is appealing. Uh, when we get note of that appeal and how that goes, we'll bring it back on, batter up, and talk about it. We'll but for, it for, for, for now, we're going we're gonna to pause on it. You know what? I'm just going to... I'm not going to stick with my format because I do want to get cheery, but I, I'm going to flip-flop topics here. Staying negative, okay. we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Reds. 
And I, I know this is mean, but the Cincinnati Reds are three and twenty. Already twelve and a half games back in the National League Central. They have a run differential that is minus sixty-eight. And they are one and nine in their last ten games. And I believe they got shut out in Colorado, or they scored one run in Colorado not long ago. Cincinnati off to the second worst start in MLB history, next to the Baltimore. Yeah, it's like the 03 Tigers. And the uh, 87 Baltimore Orioles or 88. So so I just want to let people know Tommy Pham is their leading hitter hitting 240. And this is the guy who came out and said, I'm getting my numbers here. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not I'm not gonna slam Joey Votto because I love Joey Votto. I have a soft spot for him. But Joey Votto has had a terrible start to his season. I mean, last I saw he was batting below 220. He's hitting 122. Okay, as I said, I knew it was below 220. I With didn't want no home play. runs and three RBIs. His career is over, unfortunately. He was a damn good first baseman. He used to be able to hit, but the guy's got – he has to be close to the wrong side of 40 right now. Uh, wait a second. And, and, you know, you, ha- you have to give some type of passion for the fact that he's – Still playing with the Reds, the team that he started with, but enough is enough. No, my, my thing is even that because he had a really good year last year. He had a great year last year. But look who was around him for him to be hitting. Behind, but but, but that, that, that's where I want to get to okay. because that, this is where I want to get to because before the season, they traded Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, who have put up really good numbers. Or at least had the threat of really good numbers. They also traded Sonny Gray this yep. offseason. And they traded Amir Garrett, who was a big piece in their bullpen. On the outside looking in, and knowing what had just happened with the lockout, it looks like the Reds are tanking. And, you know, the good thing about the CBA is there's actually a new rule that prevents this. However, it's to simply discourage tanking, all 18 non-playoff teams will be eligible, but only the top six picks will be assigned via the lottery. The three worst teams will have a 16.5% chance of landing the top pick. So there is some type of there is some type of play from Major League Baseball to stop it, but I don't think the Reds were going anywhere anyway. I don't either, but if you hold those guys, I'm not not saying this to be facetious or anything, but if you hold those guys, you're more likely to compete than you are right now. Right. And And they're just not going to compete. And that's a shame because it's a great fan base. It's a great sports city. I mean, look at what the Bengals just did in football. Right. I mean, but, Cincinnati you know, was the team of the 70s with that big red machine turning out hits and everything. And I think that's what they tried building, and they had it. However, you know, when you let your third baseman who hits you 20-plus home runs, your leading RBI getter, and your youngest outfielder all go to free agency, what are you going to do? Yeah, Luis Castillo, their ace, has a pitch due to injury. But he's been the, the top 
tra- he's been talk of trade the last two off seasons. He's right. been in trade talk. So I think I don't know if it was the owner or the owner's kid had said, "Where are the fans gonna go?" You know when they when they grew. Guess what, dude? They're not gonna go to the ballpark. Right. Look, you want a prime example? Go watch the Oakland A's. We talked about them last week. Nobody's going to the Oakland A's games. They even had a thousand less in attendance the other night. They had thirty eight ninety nine the week before. They topped out at twenty seven fifty two. I think the Oakland fans are making a statement. Yeah, that they want the Raiders back. <laughs> Bring back the Raiders. Well, that's where I think the Oakland A's will be. Will be in Las Vegas, and sooner than um, later. It's just, it's upsetting to see because we 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 heard about the lockout, and there were people who were critical of of Matt's owner Steve Cohen and how he spends his money. This and that. You want to spend money? You've got to put a good product on the field. And the people will come. And if the people come, you can spend more money on big-time free agents. One, never been a motto of the A's. The A's have always said, nope, we're going to develop you. And when you're due for money, we're going to trade you. The the Reds, I I don't know if that's what they're going for. But it's a bad look for a team that has such a historical presence, you know, you think of the Reds, you think of those 70s teams with Morgan, Pete Rose, who should be in the Hall of Fame, yes. uh, Johnny Bench, Tony Perez. You think of those guys. Then you, you fast forward to the 90s. Barry Larkin one was a great best, shortstop. One of the best Hall of Fame. play the game. Sean Casey wasn't a Hall of Famer, but he was a damn good first baseman. And don't forget about Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn and the years of 200 strikeouts but 40 homers. But 40 homers. That was Ken Griffey Jr. when he could stay healthy. Yep. Austin Kearns was a decent ball player. And say what you want. I think there's an interesting case. I think there's going to be a really interesting case when Joey Vile decides to hang him up. Because Joey Vile won't have the, the power numbers that a lot of other guys do. But you can make a really good case for Joey Votto to get into the Hall of Fame. He does. He will be absolutely in deserve to get in. Yeah. He won't be an automatic five and in. It's going to take a couple of ballots. But yeah, if you look at what the guy's career he did in Cincinnati, yes, he will absolutely deserve to be in the yeah, Hall of so, Fame. So the Reds sit at three and 20. It's going to be a long year, Cincinnati. Just get ready for the Bengals. Yeah. Unfortunately, the AFC's loaded, but you know. Oh God. All right. Let let let's let, let we're gonna turn this negativity around. We're gonna talk streak. Well, streaks. And no, I, I'm not gonna go Frank the Tank from old school. Streaking, streaking. <laughs> oh. Old school. Great film. We were actually texting about it earlier. Yes. Digress. Um we're going to talk the New York teams. One, because we have to. The Yankees have won 11 in a row, going for 12 tonight against the Blue Jays. Uh, at last check, I believe it was 2-1 to one Toronto. And we're going to talk Mets. Let's start with the Yankees, because they have won 12 in a row. And they are a 
three and a half up on Tampa and Toronto right now in the AL East, but the Yankees are playing good baseball, winning 11 in a row. Aaron Judge is on a tear that I have not seen in a long time. He wants that bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron Judge is turning into an MVP performance already. He's I don't know what the words are. I mean, magnificent, spectacular. How about this? He's going to be walked more than Barry Bonds if he keeps this up. We're judging Aaron. And the more he does what he's doing, and he's doing really well, and he has to stay healthy. Now, that's been his bugaboo the past couple of years is he hasn't stayed healthy. If he can stay healthy and pro- produce it the way he's producing, forget the 230, forget the 250. He's going to ask for three, 300 million. And I don't know if the New York Yankees can afford that because you have Garrett Cole at 300, at over 300. You have Stanton at over 300 million. Boy, the, I, they are going to regret low bowling Aaron judge in spring training, because right now there is a team out there who'd say, you know what? I'll pay Aaron judge, whatever he wants. And it's going to be a New York Mets that Steve Cohen's going to say, they don't want him. Just come right I over to us. I also wonder about the angels. You know, I could see the angels getting involved, but they're going to have Otani to pay very soon. Right, that, that, that's the decision they're going to have to come to. Unless they can find a way, maybe they trade Rendon's contract or something else. Who's going to take him? R- well, right now, nobody. Right. But uh, Judge has played well. The, the additions have played well. Kiner Falefa has been good. Yes. Um, Josh Even Donaldson, again, Labor's has to having stay a great year. Glaber's having a great year to start the season. You know, I... Here's the thing. I know Glaber can hit. I still don't trust him in the field. Now, I I also want to say this, and this is not me being very, this is not me being negative, but it has to be said. Nine of these 11 wins are the Orioles, the Guardians, and the Royals. That's not really a who's who in the American League. Now, they won the first two in the series against the Blue Jays. And that's a hard enough feat to do. Right. And that is awesome that they were able to do that. But I do have to call spade a spade because it's the Orioles, it's the Guardians, it's the Royals. That has to be pointed out. Yeah. And not to take anything away from those three teams, we know the Guardians – are built around Jose Ramirez pretty much. The Orioles aren't built around anything. And the Blue Jays, I mean, the Royals, are a young team that's up and coming with stars like Bobby Witt Jr., et cetera. So are they dynamic uh, teams? No. Should the Yankees have beat them all of them? Absolutely. So. Yeah. And, and the Orioles are, are legitimately the bad news bears because I think in that Thursday afternoon game, I think it was, they had four errors in one inning. You can't do that if you tried. <laughs> um, may, I'll make this note. 
after today's game with Toronto, the Yankees will play the Rangers at home this weekend before the Blue Jays come in Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the Yankees go to Chicago to play the the White Sox, who it's a, tough, it's a tough three series. Have not played well yet. Texas has got a lot of power and a good, good young staff, except for Corey Seager. I don't call him young anymore. You got Toronto, Man. where you know Vladdy's going to be licking his chops at that short porch in left field. I mean, look what look what he did last time he was there. So. And before we move off the Yankees, I want to have I want to talk about one guy in particular. We did talk Judge. Um, when when you talk about the Yankees, you always talk about guys after Garrett Cole in the rotation. Nestor Cortez deserves a lot of love for the way he's pitched because he is pitching like a number two. Yes. I mean, I've only seen, you know, handfuls of his abilities and replays, but I'm sorry. I think it was last week he ground fielded a ball and he had to dive to first to get the out. And that's something you just don't see a lot of nowadays players do is sacrificing their body for an out. Yeah, so the Yankees are rolling first place in the American League East. The team in Queens is also in first place in the National League East. The New York Mets with a record of 18-9 and have yet to lose a series. Correct. They did lose today to the Atlanta Braves, but they split that four-game set. Um. And when you look at that game today, if anybody, you know, if we're recording, you know, three out, four hours after the game had ended, Tyler McGill started off the game beautifully. It just all fell apart in the fifth inning. And I'm sorry, in the sixth inning, it all fell apart. And Adovino came in and gave up three runs. And at that point, things just even went worse. So, you know, it's always nice to see us get garbage home runs. Though, was Luis Guillorme finds a time to get his uh, single home run of the year in. Hey, man, listen, you can say whatever you want about Luis Guillorme. The dude defends, and he has an epic beard when it's right. Well, he's growing it back. He is growing it back. Um McGill was – that's been kind of the steering line for the first 27 games. The starting pitching has been really, really good. Scherzer let, – let's be fair. Tyler McGill has been re, arguably the best. And he was great again today up until the sixth inning. And he kind of hit a wall, but he was still really good. Bassett's been really good. Carlos Carrasco threw a gem last night against Atlanta. One called upon David Peterson's been really good. Yep. Oh, by the way, they have this new guy. Oh, man. I forgot his name. Oh, Max Scherzer. And he's arguably been the worst starter. Not by right. numbers, his ERA just by highest. ERA. Yep. With a 2.3, I think it is now. Yeah, yeah. And all, by the way, they're doing this all without Jacob DeGrom. Still, 
we will be getting an update this weekend. Yeah, we should be getting an update soon on DeGrom. The last update was he had to strengthen that right shoulder, and then he would start a throwing program. But we'll wait to see what Buck Showalter has to say about that. Correct. Another piece to the puzzle, and this is going to go coinciding. Every team had to cut their roster down two players on Monday. The New York Mets, in all their infinite wisdom, decided to designate Robinson Cano for assignment, which means Robinson Cano is on waivers. If no team clears him, the Mets will probably outright release him, and he'll be free to sign with any other team he wants just because that's how it's going to work. This was the right move. It had to be the right move. Yeah. You know, when you if you want to call it what it is, it's Steve Cohen and Billy Epler doing things that Will Pond never would have done. Okay. We we know that Epler has a very long relationship with Cano going all the way back to him in the minor leagues. Um, and we know Steve Cohen is the guy who signs the checks. And they didn't beat around the bush. They didn't make up stories. They came out straight to him and told him, like, you need to tell a player exactly the words. Would you rather get a bullet to the head or five in the stomach and bleed out? To a veteran player, they had to let him know that this is how it would have to be. And it, it, it comes because there were other options than what's going to have done. Dominic Smith, J.D. Davis, Luis Guillorme all could have been sent to AAA because they all had options. They could have released Travis Jankowski. I would have killed him. The reason why they didn't do, you need Dom Smith's bat. Mm -hmm. And and his, whatever you think of him hitting-wise, Dom Smith also plays a damn good first base. Yes. Luis Guillerme is the only guy on the team who could give you reps at second base, shortstop, and third base. And he's great defensively. Travis Jankowski gives this team an element of speed it doesn't really have, which is something I do want to get to in a few minutes. And he can play all three outfield positions. So the only other choice you had, personally, was sending down J.D. Davis, who I've got to be honest, I wouldn't have had an issue with it. But J.D. could D.H., he could give you some reps at third. Right. More versatile than Robinson Cano. And the reason why it had to be Robinson Cano is because 2019 Jeff McKitts is back. Yes. Jeff McNeil has had an epic start to his season. He's back to his old ways. He's not trying to hit home runs. He understands it's not his game. He's spreading the ball to all fields, ground balls, line drives. This is what Jeff McNeil needs to be. It's a nice sight to have him back, hitting the way he was a few years ago before that calf injury last season. Uh, You can see that he's – definitely not trying to kill the ball, that he's spraying the ball all to all fields, as Mike's saying. And Jeff McNeil was a person that had the shift played on him 
90% of the time. And now he's proving that can't be done. And the same case to be made for Pete Alonso. He's no longer being considered just a pole hitter. So. Yeah, I mean, McNeil, 337 average, 394 on base, and a 477 slugging. OPS of 870. This is what you need from Jeff. Much more than your seventh hitter. Right. And Robinson Cano, and this is not a knock on Robinson Cano, even though I like to harp on Robinson Cano because it's easy. You know, it is. Right. He was just heading into the shift. That was the his thing. Ground ball right side. It's into the shift. He couldn't play every day at second base. And the Mets have too many guys for the DH position. That's <laughs> essentially what this came down to. Right. And Billy Epler had made a statement. We don't know how true it's going to be. If Cano clears waivers, he's willing to talk to him about an alternate role with the Mets. I don't know what that will be but to offer him a chance to stay in New York. we I don't know what it's going to be, but. I wonder if he would be some sort of coach because I, the guys in the locker room seem to like him. Mm-hmm. So so I wonder if it'd be some sort of coach or whatever it but might be. But I can't be. really see a team, whether it's for a DH rule or whatever, taking him on right now. So Steve Cohen knows he's going to have to eat $37 million. And he's fine to do it. You know, when you have a bankroll of 20 billion, you know, 37 million doesn't seem like a lot. But the difference is the Wilpons would never have cut him. No, the, the Wilpons would have cut Travis Jankowski. Probably. That, that would have been the move. But I don't know how. The guy has beautiful hair. Right? And he <laughs> watched him come up in San Diego. He's got a lot of speed in the outfield and he's got a lot of speed and he's got good vision on the base path kind of reminds me a little bit of roger Cedeno in that way well speaking of the base paths because the mets early on were very aggressive on the bases and, and part of that was offseason addition starling Marte. now now the mets added Marte, mark Hanna, chris bassett max scherzer all in the offseason Mart, all of them are making an impact in a different way. Canna puts discipline at bats, plays a solid left field. And he can do. And he can do. It, everything he does, it's a can of corn for him. Uh, you, you know what you're going to get from Scherzer. Chris Bassett, who's open to an extension with the Mets, he said today, which is something I think the Mets should totally look into for the right price. Uh, the early reports on numbers would be three at 50. I'd be fine with that. I would have no problem paying him a three-year, $50 million contract. Yeah. So Bassett and Scherzer have done what they've, what they've done the last couple of years. Scherzer, especially Starling Marte gives the Mets an element. They've hit him really all over the lineup. They've hit him in two. They've hit him lower, you know, We've texted about – I think we've texted about this. Um, we've texted about everything having to do with the Mets. So Starling Marte – the Mets have not had a presence on the bases like Starling Marte since prime Jose Reyes. And I'm Absolutely. talking Jose Reyes from like 06, 07. The Mets haven't had that. 
I, you know, one of the things about Jose was not only was he loved in New York, you know, because of his, his high personality and his play. I mean, when he got to third base, he did something that we only saw Jackie Robinson do, and that was create so many balks at trying to stay. I would love Marte to do it. Try it. See what will happen. What's the worst that can happen? You prove it doesn't work and you get picked off third? Okay. I mean, he scored on a wild pitch in Arizona, self-creating a run. Exactly. You know, and it's just another development for this team because this team is driving in runs with two outs. They're they're doing things that, let's face it, over the past number of years, they haven't done that. Right. They don't create offense. They don't do this. It was live and die with the home run. They are no longer live and die by the home run. It's We could put together three or four hits in a row to drive in a run. We could do this to drive in a run. We could do that. Fundamentally, they are playing solid baseball. And that's why the best offseason addition, as great as the others were, it's Buck Showalter. Yes. And, you know, we've talked about this. I'll make it very quick. How high I was on getting him. Because the man is coached so well in the AL, so well in the NL, that he fits that te- fits this team like a glove. Yeah. So, so the the Mets are on a roll there in first place. I think that that lead increased a little bit. I'll go to that in a minute. But uh, the Mets will play four in Philly starting tomorrow. Which, by the way, I think it's ridiculous that they play the Phillies ten times before Memorial Day. Uh, then they go to D.C. to play the Nats. And then they come home to play the Mariners and the Cardinals. Mariners so, will be an interesting series, as we haven't seen Seattle come through in a long time. I think the last time I remember Seattle ever coming into Queens, Felix Hernandez hit a grand slam off of Johan Santana. Santana, right. Now, now that you brought that memory back into my head, thank you. Oh, it's <laughs> not a problem. That's just that that King Felix. That, that just listen. I'll tell you this. I, I that had to be if it was Santana, it had to be a Shea. So it had to be around 08. So yeah. Outside of that, I don't remember the Mariners coming in. So yeah. uh, the Mets going into tomorrow will be four and a half up on the Marlins. Who are in second place, followed by the Phillies at five, the Braves at six. So that was a big win for the Braves today. Yes. And the Nationals are eight games back. Wow. I mean, I know we were going to be in first place, but how many of us actually had the Marlins in second? And the Marlins got swept in four games by the Diamondbacks. By the way, for those wondering, go see the Madison Bumgarner ejection video. You know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a quick second. Um, actually, you know what? Let's get to it right Let's now. Let's just get to Let's it. Do it right now. I saw. I, I I had him for fantasy, and I saw the news. Got ejected for a uh, a foreign substance. Now that's what I had reported to you because that's what came across on the thing. Mike came back and said to me, "No, it had to do something with another umpire." 
Mike, why don't you break this down so people understand it? All right. So, so after every inning, because baseball bans substances on pitchers, they, they check them after every half inning. As Madison Bumgarner is being checked, I guess something had happened. I didn't watch this game because I, I was watching the Met game. And you see the video, and the umpire is looking at Bumgarner, and Bumgarner is just like looking around, not looking straight at him. <laughs> right. And when he does have contact with the umpire who's checking him, another one of the umpires ejects him from the game. I am totally confused on why, um, but I know this. I've never seen Madison Bumgarner react the way he did because he was angry. He was livid. I I can honestly say I think he was more angrier than Kyle Schwarber was at Angel Hernandez. Oh. So, I mean. Angel Hernandez, brutal. The guy needs to be kicked out of baseball. But the, this will be reviewed by Major League Baseball. There is no way. We, we have to – baseball has to start treating the umpires a lot like they do the players because some of this stuff is getting outrageous when it comes to that. Yes. Uh, you know, but Mets, Yankees both playing well. Mets have yet to lose a series yet this year. So both teams playing well. If baseball's in a New York – Baseball is in a New York state of mind. <laughs> All right. A replay of 2000 World Series, that would be nice, except this time we win. I'm not going to fast forward to that right now because I got things going on. I'm not fast forwarding to October, November. I'm not doing <laughs> that. Um, okay, so I put down in the rundown best stories of April. Um, I guess team wise, we could do a couple uh, because you had met, you wanted to do the Reds, so we did the Reds. Right. Um, we could talk a little bit about the Marlins because right now they're in second place in the East. Playing good ball. They However, were playing like good said, ball, they then they ran into the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Um, the Twins at 15 and nine. Carlos Correa, and, I don't think he's proving he's the $30 million man yet, but he's not having a bad start to the season. The Angels are first place in the AL West, 15 and 10. They're a game up on Houston. And we've yet to see the emergent. I mean, Trout's doing fine, Trout's but... on. You, you want to talk about a dude on a tear. Well, he is now just getting started. Oh, he, he's reeling people back into their seats. Yeah, I mean, what was it? A 462 home run? What home run? Oh, he, he, he's... Oh. He needs to be healthy. However, before we, we go on, I want to bring up one story that is a great feel-good story. So last night, Toronto Yankee game. Aaron Judge hit a shot that was an absolute monster into the upper deck of, in Toronto. And a mm. Toronto fan caught it and gave it to a kid who it looked, it decked out in Aaron Judge gear, hat, shirt, everything and the kid broke down crying because never would expect a let alone get a ball up there do you get a ball of your hero the yankees won up that they brought the kid back today so he could go meet aaron judge they brought both kids back i believe yes so the kid who gave the ball over and yeah 
the kid who was absolutely, I guess, enthralled. I don't know. <laughs> was emo- so emotional. Yeah. That, that he got to meet his hero. So just a feel good story that came out of uh, the Toronto Yankees game. Yeah, so so that that was great. I think there's a cool video online of Aaron Judge meeting both of them. Yeah. So good on the Yankees for doing that. I, I'm sure ter- the Blue Jays had something to do with that as well, since it's in Toronto. But uh, good job both sides. Good job by the the kids as well. So yes. uh, you love seeing that kind of stuff instead of. Uh, stupid heads being ridiculous with when they catch home runs mm-hmm. or or foul balls because it goes both ways. Sure. Always give the ball to the kids. All right, on to some week weekend. I should say previous because we got some big series that are important for more than one reason this weekend. Uh, in the American League, we got the Battle of the Sox, the Red Sox and the White Sox. will play Fenway. Both teams are struggling right now. Friday night, you'll have Vince Velasquez against Nathan Avaldi. As I get the ESPN schedule to load. <laughs> but, but I mean, both teams are struggling for different reasons. Saturday will be Dallas Keuchel against Nick Pavetta. And Sunday, which I believe is going to be a game on Peacock, which, by the way, I never want to hear the words from MLB. They need money. Exactly. Yeah, Peacock. It'll be Dylan Cease against Mets legend Michael Waka. <laughs> that will be the most boring matchup of the weekend. Oh, uh, Dylan Cease. He was great Monday against uh, the Angels. You know, uh, in terms of teams that really need this, it's the Red Sox because they got to keep pace with what's going on in the NL East because if they keep playing at the status quo they're at, they're going to be chasing from a far distance come the turn. Yeah, and I think for the White Sox, it's not that they've been playing poorly, which they have, but it's also got a lot of injuries. You know, uh, Robert was out. Jimenez is now out. Yeah, uh, Hendricks, they, who was down with back spasms. Hendricks has had a back issue. Um, Giolito missed some time. He's back. They really need their top guys. Giolito, Keiko, Dylan Cease has pitched like a stub. I'm not calling him out. They have to pitch well. Offensively, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson. These guys have to hit. I think the difference in the two, two teams is what you said. The Red Sox need because there are three other teams in the AL East who are really good. The Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays. The AL Central, I think there's only one team who the White Sox have to worry about, and that's the Twins. I don't trust the Guardians. I thought the Tigers were a wild card team, but they haven't played like it yet. And the Royals haven't been relevant since the Lord song. (laughs) You know, so... Or the World Series. I don't remember which happened first, to be honest, which happened last. But the Red Sox need this um, more than the White Sox do. But they both need it. Well, yeah, both teams will put up a great case of who deserves to win this weekend. But if we're looking at terms of teams that are going to be chasing, the Red Sox need to take this series at least two or three. Well, I I mean, just for argument's sake, because – 
you know, we were say the rain, the Yankees play the Rangers, the Blue Jays play the Guardians, and the Rays play the Mariners, while the Twins will be playing the A's. Well, the Twins should. The um, Twins should take two of three from the A's. Yeah, they should take all three. Actually, they should take all three. Yeah. So, but but we're we're in agreement. We both think the Red Sox need, need that series. All right. Also in the American League, just mentioned it. You have the Rays. You have the Mariners. Friday night will be Josh Fleming against Logan Gilbert. Saturday will be Drew Rasmussen against Marco Gonzalez. And Sunday afternoon will be Ryan Yarborough against another Mets legend, Chris Flexen. Ah, Chris Flexen. The Uh, the Met we all thought was going to be the pitcher of pitchers. uh, And he couldn't flex on anyone. No, still can't. Um, I want to say this about the Rays, and then I'll go into the Mariners. Every time you count the Tampa Bay Rays out, they find a way. And it's the same thing I say about the Yankees. I never count out the Yankees at home. But, but for, it, it's a different story with the Yankees and, because the Rays do it differently than everyone else. Everyone wants to copy their style. And you just can't do it. The Rays are the only team who should ever do the opener, and they're always successful with it. Mm-hmm. Then they find reclamation projects. Corey Kluber pitched today. He was good. Oh, Corey Kluber. The Yankees had him last year. He couldn't pitch. Oh, he signed a one-year deal with the Rays. Oh, now he's lights out again. Good luck, American League. Yeah. The Rays and Mariners, it's going to be a fun series. But uh, you have Julio Rodriguez and Jared, the Mets, was supposed to be the Mets' key outfielder, Kalenic. And Kalenic is batting somewhere down at around 143. So good we traded him and we got what we did for him. Edwin Diaz being the only member of that deal still viable. Yeah, and the Mets can lose that deal, but they will always win Lucas Duda for Drew Smith. Because oh, you never win that trade. You don't win trades against the race. You just don't. No. Um, Drew Smith has been a force. But the, the Mariners, I think, just got swept in Houston. They need to bounce back. They need to score some runs. More important than anything. That, of. And like we said, they got Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. They're not performing as of yet. It's early for them. Yeah. And and the Rays, I mean, they, they're just a mission. Wander Franco, I mean. Nice guy, by the way. Oh, uh, I wonder how good he could be. Let me tell you, he's so far been as advertised. Yeah. You know, I got to see highlights of him play when I was part of the Renegades when he was in the campuses. Uh, and when he, oh, my God, was he something. They, they just do what they do. They really did. Like, we talk about football like there's a Patriot way. Mm-hmm. There's a Tampa Bay Rays way. They are. So uh, they shouldn't be as good as they are, but they always find a way. Yep. All right. So so those are some key series in the American League. The National League, we, we got a lot of pretty interesting stuff. 
Um, four good series coming up. We do. Um, we'll start with the Dodgers and the Cubs. Friday will be Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers. The Cubs have not announced their starter. Uh, Saturday will be Clayton Kershaw against Justin Steele. Clayton Kershaw also just became the Dodgers' all-time leader in strikeouts in his last start. And Sunday night will be Walker Ferris Bueller against Mets legend Marcus Stroman. Uh, okay, it's a rarity you'll hear me ever say this. May the Dodgers take Stroman and put 50 runs on him. Well, I, I, well, that'll also be your Sunday night baseball game, the Dodgers and the Cubs. But the Dodgers are where we thought they'd be. First place in the National League West. The yep. Cubs started off pretty well, and they, you know they've kind of hit a little bit of a wall. But I I don't know what the Cubs are right now. They're a rebuilding franchise again. Okay, they have the new face of their franchise in Suzuki. He's going to be there for at least five years. If the Cubs really want to do something, they have the room coming up in this off season to put a. Big, big uh, team on the field. And by signing free agents. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, when they lost, when they traded off Bryant, Rizzo, and those guys, I was like, okay, that's retool, rebuild. It, it's time you won your title, it's a rebuild. But then you see them this offseason, they signed Suzuki. They signed Marcus Stroman. Um, they were in on other players, and you're like, I don't know what the Cubs are. Are the Cubs contending? Are they not contending? I don't – because to me, by default, because we talked about the Reds earlier, and I don't know why I would believe in the Pirates at any point, mm-hmm. the Cubs are the third best team in the NL Central because they're not as good as the Cardinals, right. and they're not as good as the Brewers. No. So – Okay, Stroman and Hendricks is a really nice one-two punch in the rotation. So if you want to add a guy here or there, they need that those they need that one bat. Suzuki's really good. He's played well to start. But when they were good and they were going to the World Series in the NLCS, it was Rizzo, it was Bryant. It was Baez, it was Schwarber, Mm -hmm. it was Wilson Contreras, who I think they really need to start to get going, or at least maybe they try to move on from him. I don't know. Right. The core of that World Series team is all over the baseball. It's all over baseball now. Right. So you have to replicate that. Get that lineup deeper. And, And Honestly, and I hate saying this because I can't root for the Dodgers. I just can't. Hmm. That's who you want to be like. Like to me, if if I'm a team in, in baseball, the top guy I'm going after in free agency is Trey Turner. Wow. Be, because he is a he's going to be for the next four to five years. He's 300, 20 homers, twenty stolen bases minimum. Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, so 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 you got that one. Um, if you look at the Dodgers team, and we'll, we'll make this very quickly. No, go ahead. We know they're we know it's the all-star team of the Los Angeles Dodgers. When you look at every position, all you see is the term all-star. 
all-star teams have a way of failing. However, when you look at this team and you look at the Mets, there's your, there's your NLCS. And you want to know what, if both teams go at it right now, we go to game seven. I want to say this. Pitches his first game and pitches a complete game, no hitter. I'll say this because Dave Roberts said before the season they were winning the World Series. He said that on the Dan Dan Patrick show. If the Dodgers don't win the World Series, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. That 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 is it, right? Um, be, because they are the only team I think who could have those expectations. Everyone else wants to have those expectations. They're the only ones who should and ne- need to have it because they've done stuff to make them say, "Oh, hey, you know that they're the new." This is going to sound weird, but I'll I'll explain. They're the new version of what the Yankees were. Mm-hmm. I know you're. Going oh, we don't need that guy, but we're going to spend the money on him because you can't have him. Ho ho ho! Exactly. That, that you know, and that's, that's what the Dodgers are. are trying to do. Mind you, they—it's not trying. They've done it. They've bought themselves basically a World Series trophy for the next four years if that team doesn't fall apart. And, and I hate to say that because <laughs> I have the Mets winning the World Series over the next ten years, so. That's the, that's just what the that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so we'll wait and see. The Dodgers play the Cubs at Wrigley uh, for the first time Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. That is not the only NL Central NLS uh, battle over the weekend, because you will have the St. Louis Cardinals traveling to San Francisco to play the Giants. Friday night will be Jordan Hicks versus that all. Glorious undecided pitcher for the Giants. (laughs) Saturday, you will have, if I can find when they're playing on Saturday. Oh, Steven Matz will uh, will pitch against Alex Cobb. And Sunday will be Dakota Hudson against Carlos Rodon. By the way, how good has Rodon been? He's been a free agent signing. Been excellent. Yeah. So, uh, big series between two teams who – also have playoff aspirations. You look at the Cardinals, you got a potent lineup with Goldschmidt. Is anyone know. hotter in baseball right now than Nolan Arenado? I don't know. It, it, it's very hard to say. However, you really wanted to put anybody with numbers back-to-back to look at It's him versus Judge right now. Yeah. As, as hot players go. But you, Wainwright's having a great start to the season, and it's nice to see. Um. Him and Molina just tied the record today for most wins as a battery for one team. Right. And you got to give credit to Yachty. You know, he's batting eighth. You know, he's hitting barely over 200. He's got an RBI. But you know what he got this year that made me smile? He didn't get a home run like Bartolo. He got a stolen base. To me, that was just, just fantastic. If Yadi can't do it there, he's doing it something. He's doing something else to keep him in the news. And they brought back Albert Pools, which is just also amazing. Yes. Uh, you, you know, I I like the Cardinals a lot. They're kind of my sleeper team in the National League because they could go pitcher for pitcher with a lot of people. Matt's, you know, at the Matt and Hudson kind of at the back end. 
Jordan Hicks has really good stuff we've seen. Yeah. Eventually they'll get Jack Flaherty back. Right. And and then you get Wayne Wright. So so they can pitch. The Giants, it's just and you know, we we're we're lucky because the Mets just played both of them recently. Right. The and Giants can... lineup is a machine. Uh Yastremsky's been great, Belt's been great. Brandon and then, you know, I mentioned Rodon, how good he's been in that rotation. So, yeah. Yeah, and, that's um, a battle. It's, it's you know, the Giants, when they came and faced the Mets, we saw we got to see this Giants team firsthanded. They can play. There's a lot of talent on that ball club. There's a lot of talent on both these teams. Yeah. Speaking of talent, we're going to stay in the NLS because we're just really going to do a tour of the NLS for National League Weekend Preview. Uh, the Padres will host the Miami Marlins uh, in what could be a really fun series. Both teams uh, Friday night will even. be Sandy Alcantara versus Hugh Darvish. Saturday will be Pablo Lopez, who's had a really good start to his season, and Sean Manaya. And then Sunday will be Trevor Rogers against Joe Musgrove. Uh, Musgrove should Musgrove is gonna have another good game. Uh, listen, like the Marlins' young pitchers, like we don't talk about the Marlins' young pitchers. Lopez no, Al- is solid. Alcantara's a stud. It has proven to be an, a true ace too. Yeah, uh, he's got he's got a great movement. On he's he's ball. really the third best Sandy you'll ever meet. <laughs> you got Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob, and uh, oh, there there was a movie, uh, San, uh, Adam Sandler movie where he yes, plays I know Sandy. where he's the uh, big dad agent, uh, big daddy. All right, so um, you know the Marlins have those young pitchers. Josh Chisholm's a young star oh. on the rise too. And then they did some things this offseason. Jorge Soler come over. Uh, they added one other big bat. I'm trying to remember. Mind you, it's when not we coming. think about the Miami Marlins, uh, big bats is not what we're always thinking about. You know, they have Aguilar. You know, they brought in one other bat. I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> and then the, the Padres, you know what they have? You know, they went all in last year. Machado's off to a great start. And then their starters have to pitch well. Darvish has pitched well. Musgrove has to pitch well. Eventually they'll get Blake Snell back. But they added Bob Melvin, who's had a really good impact for them as well. Yes. Anything on Marlins Padres from you? Um, The only thing I think the player you're trying to think of is Joey Wendell, who's having a great hot start to the season. He's on... IL right now, but he had a very nice start to the season for Miami. Yeah. All right. So the last last series we'll go through is a rematch of the NLDS last year, which we'll see the Milwaukee Brewers taking on the Atlanta Braves, which if you combine the two, brings you back to the Milwaukee Braves. <laughs> um, Friday night will be Eric Lauer again against Undecided. Saturday will be Corbin Burns against Max Freed, which should be an epic pitching matchup. It'll be a great pitching matchup. Burns to the fried. Mm. 
fried your burns. And then Sunday has to be Woodruff versus... Sunday would be... Aaron Ashby against Charlie Morton, so it is oh, okay. not Woodruff. So Woodruff will go Monday. Okay. Um, we just saw the Braves. They're getting Ronald Acuna back into shape. But you can also see, especially off that double off Carrasco in the first, oh, literally second pitch of the game, he's not running anywhere near full speed yet. Yeah, but and Riley's off to a good start. Yeah. Matt Olson had a great series in Queens this yes, week. Then you got Ozzy Albies doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, to me, the biggest steal in all of baseball right now. Yeah. Stole him for the next seven years. Yeah, and then the the Brewers do the Brewers things. You know, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, they pitch. Andrew yeah, McCutcheon's off to a pretty good start. Yelich is off to a great start. I mean, Yelich is than, off to Rowdy Tellez hit a grand slam tonight against the Reds. Really? Nice. Tell us to get Rowdy. <laughs> um, you know, and, and Craig Council's a really good manager. So, so the Brewers are going to be there at the end. I still think the Braves are going to be in the NL East till the end as well. Uh, I, I think they're better than the Phillies. I think they're better than the Marlins. I don't don't know if they're better than the Mets. Well, if you if you want to match up pitching rotations, we don't have to. You know, the Mets have the best pitching rotation. However, you know, teams might be slowly figuring out the Mets, but obviously, Mets are still going to win the NL East. I, I think there's a couple of X factors. One is how does Jacob Degrom look when he comes back? Right. And do the Braves get Mike Soroka back? If the Braves get Soroka back, all of a sudden your rotation is Freed, Soroka, Charlie Morton, Morton. Ian That's, Anderson, who was really good they today. They had a pitch to great game today. You know, so that that's a really good group of four that the Braves have. And yeah. Brian Snickers ha, has had a great – has done a great job managing that team as well. The one thing I just wish the Braves had done was keep Freddie free. Uh, like that's, I, I'm going to say this as a matter of fact. I don't even hate the Braves. <laughs> no, I, like like you know, la, la, when Larry left, it was all over my hatred of the Braves. Well, yeah, well, we all wanted Larry to go. Yeah, Larry, <laughs> bully. <laughs> right. So those are weekend series previews. Now on to something I've, I thought this would be a fun thing for us to do, even if we had more people on the pod or not. Um, we're going to take two teams a week, one AL, one NL, and we're going to create our own kind of Mount Rushmore of these teams who we think are the four greatest players in this team's franchise history. So I didn't want to go obvious and say, you know, this team, this team, this team. I wanted to start with the younger franchises. So tonight, Nationally, we're going to do the Arizona Diamondbacks. The American League, we're going to go to the Tampa Bay Rays. So, Mark, who is your Mount Rushmore for the Diamondbacks? Well, considering I remember the day they became an MLB franchise, I don't know if we can say the same for you. Hmm? I'm saying I don't know if you were. I don't remember. <laughs> I, be, be thankful I remember the Luis Gonzalez 
base hit off of Mar- Mariano, Mariano Rivera. Rivera. Well, that's why Luis Gonzalez is number one on my list for Arizona. Number two, Randy Johnson. I'm sorry. Yes, you, when you say Randy Johnson, you think Seattle. Yeah, his best years, in my opinion, were in Arizona. Number three, Steve Finley. A very big part of the Arizona Diamondback royalty. Always was gave his best on and off the field. Coach a lot of guys. And my last one, you're going to be surprised by, Brandon Webb. His okay. Kid, his kid dominated baseball in innings pitch. He just uh, never recovered from that shoulder injury, unfortunately. But that is who I have for Arizona. Okay, so, so we actually agreed on two. I also have Luis Gonzalez, and I have Randy Johnson. He won four Cy Youngs right. consecutively. From 1999 to 2002, he won all those Cy Youngs. Yep. 118 wins. 2.13 ERA as a member of the Diamondbacks. Plus, he was co-World Series MVP. Right. And I, I, I'll say this because Pedro was great. I don't think there was a more dominating pitcher of his era than Randy Johnson in the 2000s. Nobody was throwing as hard as him. In 98 round. miles per Plus that oh, – that's – Stupid slider he called Mr. Nasty. Oh, God, that thing, that thing broke two and a half feet before it even got to the plate. Oh, I, there's two things I never want to be in life. John Crock during that All-Star game when he <laughs> throws over him. Yeah. Also, I just don't really want to be John Crock. And two, I don't want to be the bird that's flying in front as he's throwing that pitch. I watched that game on TV. I remember being home from school and I was watching the game and it was like, uh, it was in a blink of an eye, but then you saw it on slow motion replay like eight times in a row. You see little parts of that bird flying everywhere. He, he couldn't time the best. So I have Randy Johnson, Elise Gonzalez. I put Kurt Schilling and, and I know this is really controversial, but Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Fame pitcher. No matter what you think of his politics, whether you agree with them or you disagree with them, that does not take away from what he did on the baseball field. He was 58 and 20, 28 with a 3.14 ERA as a Diamondback, and he was co World Series MVP with Randy Johnson in 01. Kurt Schilling was a big game pitcher for every franchise. Ask the Red Sox. And you, you brought up Brandon Webb. I, I put Mark Reynolds. Mainly oh, because I had a fascination yeah. with Mark. Mark Reynolds was a damn good ball player. Oh, he, he, he was he was really a tr- true outcome guy. He was a home runner, a strikeout. He was pretty much Adam Dunn, except he, he was smaller. Adam, Adam Dunn. Dunn. Well, Alan, Adam Dunn was a redwood tree trunk. I mean, Adam Dunn was a great ball player yes. too. So uh, that's who we have for the Diamondbacks. On to the race, Mark. Who, who do you yeah. got? Well, I grew, you know, I watched a couple of these guys actually play in the Hudson Valley. Uh, Evan Longoria, you know, watched him as a, as a renegade. And then we watched him go up and become a Tampa Bay Ray. It didn't take him long. And of course, I got, I, a lot of people think this kind of Josh Hamilton, I'm, you know, if you're thinking of the Rays and what he did, I'm 
not talking about the drugs and the women and all that. The guy, when he was at the plate, was one of the more scarier batters that you could ever face. David Price, he was the pitching foundation of that team when he first started. And he was the franchise player at that time. And my last pick, Carl Crawford. Carl Crawford paid his best years in the outfield with Tampa. He, he dynamic in the field. He was great on the base pass. Um, I wish he could have played there a little bit longer, but that's who I have for Tampa. Okay, so, so I'm with you. I have David Price, too. 82 and 47, 3.18 ERA. Did win a Cy Young Award there as well. And I still remember when they went to the World Series in 08, and he was the guy who got the last out in the ALCS against the Red Sox. They went to that guy. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what, David, the price is right. Go out there and shut this thing down. So I got David Price. I also have Evan Longoria. Three gold gloves, 261 home runs, which I think leads the franchise. Mm-hmm. For me, at one point, he was the best third baseman in all baseball. Absolutely. He was that good. Um, and I still remember that, that walk-off home run against the Yankees in game 162. Oh, okay, yes, yes. You know, after they were down, I think it was 7 nothing, and the Red Sox had collapsed. I'm with you on Carl Crawford. 296 – 296 for a batting average, 104 homers, 409 stolen bases. Yeah. He was something else. He was so fast. Yes. He put, if I would love to see who won a foot race in their primes, mind you. Mickey Mantle, Crawford, Reyes, and uh, Cedeno. I would like to know who was the fastest. And that's, Mind you, yes, two of them are a little biased because they were Mets. However, those two Mets were the fastest I ever saw on a base pass. Yeah. And the last one for me is this is more of a plea because I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Fred McGriff. The prime dog. What he did in Atlanta. He was a great first baseman. He he was a great ball player. Yes. All around good ball player, good humanitarian. He does have two very big charity foundations, I know, out of Atlanta. And he's very active in youth leagues. So that's a, I didn't think about McGriff. So that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Honorable mention, because I really wanted to put him down. I just didn't know where. Uh, James Shields. Who See, pitched I, had, there. I, I had James Shields and I pulled them off for Josh Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Shields was there a long time. Had we talked about this and included managers, I really would have put Joe Madden because Joe Madden was the face of the franchise for yes. a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But the, that that's our Mount Rushmore for the Rays and the Diamondbacks. Um, I'm going to try to make this into a weekly thing oh, where we I, take I like teams. it. It's fun. Yeah. Historical context here on Batter Up. We bring it every mm-hmm. week, every Wednesday. Don't know when this will drop, but it'll drop at some point this week. For Mark Oldowski Halpern, I'm Mike Grifton. You've been listening to Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. If you want to check out this podcast, any other podcast, go to anchor.com. You want to check out our vlogs and blogs and 
other cool stuff, check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. May the fourth be with you. And always remember, namaste. And in words of our president, kiss your mama because your mama loves you. And happy Mother's Day this weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Yes. Otherwise, we'll see you next week on Batter Up. Yeah, we will.